Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Patrop, here with the only two twins who look at this photograph. Every time I hear it makes them laugh. Yahtzee. <laughs> Terrible song. I heard it again on the ride home from Ithaca. It just came on the radio. All of us in the car just started cracking up listening to that. Yo, listen. Hashtag- it was fire Hold back on. in the day. I don't look, know why. Hashtag unpopular opinion. Nickelback, not bad. I'm, I'm all about, about say, the Nickelback. Michael. Michael, you're you're part of the Twitter crew now. It's like, ah, oh, Nickelback is the worst. No, <laughs> right? Like, I've always been the guy who's like, why does everyone make fun of Nickelback? And then I re-listened to those lyrics, and I was like, holy All holy. right, they weren't the best lyricists, <laughs> but the idea behind it is good. Honestly, what the hell is on Joey's head, though? Honestly. Uh, we're going to find out what's on. Ready for this transition? We're going to find out what's on our heads when it comes to fantasy football in week five. Me and Jason, hair, Timmy, nothing. <laughs> we got the preview of every single fantasy viable team and player out That's here. Team. So without any further ado, let's get it started. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Baby, bye, 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 dolphins and the, the, the lions. What? I'm just going. I'm just going like late '90s throwbacks to early 2000s throwbacks right now. Did you just mix in sync and like a random other song or something? No, nah, I said buys, buys, buys. Dolphins Dude, and the, the lions. They're the buys. Oh, right off the bat, sit your dolphins, sit your lions. If you were starting dolphins, congratulations. You don't have to play them this week. That's probably a win for you in any sense. Probably shouldn't um, have been starting them anyway. Should not have been starting them anyway, unless you're in Miami and you're one of those guys who, like, I remember when I first started in my fantasy league, I used to not draft anyone from the AFC East. No one. I was not allowed to have you're any a AFC bitch. players. The I, I still remember the first person I ever owned from the AFC East. I traded for Lawrence Mal- Mal- Maloney. Maroney. Lawrence Maroney, the running back for the Patriots. Do you guys even remember Lawrence Maroney? Yeah. Man, the Twins have been playing in fantasy leagues with me since they were, like, literally old enough to talk. When did I you mean, guys have first... You split a team to start. Yeah. Well, we split a team for the first, like, three, four years. Because, well, we were, like, nine, ten yeah, years Yeah, you are, like, old. eight years old when you started we playing. We sucked. I mean, you were eight. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked back at our league uh, yesterday, actually. I decided to just look at the trophies. Shout out to our league, who, which goes back to 2002, I believe. Yeah. I haven't missed the playoffs in our main league since 2012. That's impressive. Even I don't have a streak like that. Well, I don't think Jason has a streak like that either. That's what I do, guy. I mean, you Michael wins championships, but he's yet to have the elusive championship in our in home this league. league. I'm the Thunder. Dude. <laughs> I always I'm a like a top four seed every year, every looking year. good, and then I get bounced in the semis no matter what. Yo, last year, last season was the worst. Yo, get your run game up. No, last year, last year, Michael r- legitimately ran the league. I had he the had best team. I have clearly assembled. the best team. And was in first place easily, and then he lost in a heartbreaker in the semifinals, and then the team he lost to got crushed in the finals. Crushed. And I would have beat both teams in the finals. Would you have? Jason Burroughs put up a good good game. Yeah, I would have. Oof, that's even harder. Ah, I wish I could. I wish I could. Uh, the the most painful loss I ever had was when I, I dropped David Johnson in his rookie year for Dexter McCluster after holding him. I dropped him like, we, I dropped him like week 9, week 10. Dexter McCluster. And, and that's when... Um, when he turned up, and he would have been my my great, my saving grace to get me to the championship. That, but, was, that was Jason uh, and Tim Hightower. Yeah, Jason won won the league with Tim Hightower. Jason, Jason's been making I those have savvy. One that's even better. 
Jason's made savvy, savvy moves like that ever since the beginning. But let's talk more about Hold savvy on. I moves. have one even better than Tim Hightower. Evan Royster. Man. Wow. What about John Kuhn? When he was on the... Uh, Never in a championship. The you started team. him in the playoffs. Dude, we started... This is when... In a standard league where touchdowns are king. Early on, we had standards, uh, so no points per reception or even half, and 20 yards a point. <laughs> 20 yards a point, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But- if you scored a touchdown, six points was amazing because that's 120 yards. Yeah, hallelujah. So Jason started John Kuhn every now and then, and every time he got a goal line rush, he was basically a running back one. <laughs> Yo, Marion Barber... Oh, yeah. Marion Barbie used to give me eight points a week, and I was like, yo, solid RB2 all day. Crazy. All day. Um, but, yeah, no one really cares about our past fantasy tribulations. What they care about is the current fantasy climate. So you guys want to get right into it? Let's do it. By the way, yeah. we had a visit to Ithaca before we get into this. Uh, this weekend, if you listened to the Monday episode, you knew all about it. We visited Jason. It was nice to see him in the flesh, not through this camera that we see him here today. I bet you guys didn't, wouldn't even know because we have this... Thank you, patrons, by the way, allowed us to get a setup where we can talk to Jason. I'll say via satellite because it sounds cooler, but it's really via like uh, a thing where he has a a, a microphone where it sounds like he's right next to us. So Fire Island on that account. Thank you again to the patrons. Um, Before we get started, we want to we want to we want to mention the Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. If you want to get the extra episode from us, plus, uh, by the way, which is a waiver episode, Plus, access to the Discord, where great community is being built. Uh, shout out to Big Will for wishing us good morning every morning again. Um, what else can you get? Uh, uh, we, you can, we get a personalized um, shout out if you're on a certain tier. You get to DM us your fantasy advice so the rest of your league can't see it. You know, We have a, a follower named Evan. I mean, Ethan. Sorry. I don't know why I said Evan. Ethan. And Ethan noticed that one of his league mates tweeted at us and he put underneath no you found them and he responded like yo i've been found them bro so if you want that to, if you want to keep that from happening uh join the patreon and you could dm us for any advice also shout out to our sponsors red cup news red cup is the number one source for college football in the land follow them on instagram at red cup news and at red cup and then fill in the blank if you put red cup in the search you'll see all the different schools that they cover on instagram Visit redcupnews.com. We are their official fantasy football provider, so if you give them a like, you give us a like, and we appreciate it. Also, shout out to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is the newest uh, way to play fantasy, a daily fantasy. It is um, prop-based. And if you put in the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, BROTO, you get $10 added to your first deposit of $10 or more. Again, that promo code is B-R-O-T-O. Brodo, and you get that. So, oh, also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, I learned this the other day. It doesn't matter how many plays you get that puts you on the top. It's your reviews and your comments. So the so the top podcasts are the podcasts that get the most reviews that week. Interesting. Yeah. So do us a favor. Let's get some reviews. Yeah, let us get some reviews. Put us on that top podcast list. It makes a big difference getting on that top podcast list. But without any further ado, let's get into the first Thursday night game, the Rams at the Seahawks. Remember, the buys this week, Dolphins and Lions. So sit your Dolphins, sit your Lions. Rams at Seahawks is the first game. I'm gonna start- your kid. Hide your wife. Uh, I'm going to start with Todd Gurley, guys, because only five rushes for 16 yards, but had two touchdowns. 
Um, for the first time, we see him get involved in the passing game. Uh, a rare negative game script for the for the Rams, so that probably had a lot to do with it. Seven for 54 through the air. Malcolm Brown at this point is an afterthought. Against the Seahawks front seven, that's been all right. What do you see this week from Todd Gurley? So far, he's just kind of been eh. Eh. I mean, I have Todd Gurley as a high-end RB2 once again this week. Last week was hilarious. Jared Goff threw the ball 65 times over Crazy. 500 yards. And it's because they were trailing the entire time. And they, they did bring uh, come back a little bit. But that Bruce Arians Tampa Bay offense was just too much for them. But, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley, you kind of know what you're going to get at this point. You're, you're going to get 10 to 15 touches, maybe a little more in a good game script. And hopefully he finds the end zone. So at this point, he's a rock-solid high-end RB2. He doesn't look like the Todd Gurley the last couple of years, but it's still a tremendous offense, and he's still the lead back on that offense. Well, I, It's a very good offense. I wouldn't say it's tremendous anymore. It hasn't been as great. So it's not as balanced. Season. Yeah, and Jared Goff has basically been very mediocre ever since he got destroyed by Chicago last year. So I have Todd Gurley as a high-end RB2 again this week. Uh, speaking of... They're not balanced and they don't run. Jared Goff's been dropping back like wildfire. And that gives that's great news for guys that own Robert Woods, who guys, let's give it up. Robert Woods finally. Robert Woods, we Woo! after we Maybe. kept telling you to be patient on Robert Woods. We kept telling you just hang in there, it'll happen. 13 for 164 against the Bucks. If you got him in a PPR, you are ecstatic. Half PPR, you're really happy. That's even a good output in a standard league. Um, uh, 16 points, I'm taking that in a standard league. Yeah. So after three games where he was 8 for 70, 2 for 33, four, 3 for 40, the the targets were there, though, averaging eight targets a game. You knew it was going to come. What do you think about Robert Woods in this one? I think that the – so I have the Rams. They have three wide receivers who are started every week. And Cooper Cup has – joined the upper echelon of wide receiver ones. Um, he just has become... He was always Cooper Cup's... Uh, he was always Jared Goff's favorite red zone target, which made him a great fantasy asset. Now he's just Jared Goff's favorite target everywhere. And he's really someone you can't really question anymore. But when we're looking at Cooks and Woods, I think this is a game where we're going to think... Where we have to think one of them is going to underperform. Jared Goff is on the road. It's a Thursday. I don't see a great game from Jared Goff. And if we know Cooper Cup is going to get his... Woods or Cooks are probably going to get theirs, but one of those guys is going to disappoint on Thursday. And certain Michael, who who would you prefer in this one? I agree with Jason here. It's it's tough because like you like you were saying, Robert Woods has been getting the targets. He is actually top five in the league in uh in targets. But over his last sixteen games, he only has three touchdowns, so he really has not not a threat developed into a red zone threat. Definitely not a threat in that situation. He's more of a possession receiver. He's never going to be he's never going to be that guy. And then you got Brandon Cooks, who isn't getting as many targets, but he's the big play guy. And he does have three straight double-digit performances. Even though he was the odd man out last week, he still went 6 for 71. So I have it as Cup and then Cooks slightly over Robert Woods this week just because Cooks has the big play potential. And like Jason said, Jared Goff on the road is tough, but I have them back-to-back. So I'm starting both of them as wide receiver twos. Just one of them is likely to... Have a have a down game. More than likely on your waiver wire is a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who is we're going to talk about. Andy Dalton, who's playing in a very plus matchup. Um, maybe Jameis Winston, right? So 
If you are a Jared Goff owner, are you considering streaming a quarterback in his place? Yeah. You have to. I have Jared Goff at 19 this week. I think it's going to be an ugly game for him, and I would not feel comfortable starting him. He's just classically been bad on the road. Uh, On the road so far this season, he's put up 10 and 16. It's a Thursday night. I don't want any part of that. Yeah, he struggles on the road, and like Jason said, it's Thursday night, so it's... It's not the not the best situation for Goff and the Rams rush defense has not been great. So if the if the Seahawks are able to establish the run and control the clock, it's less opportunity for Goff to pile up yards and touchdowns as well. Um, if you were an owner of T.J. Hawkins and he went down, um, so you might be in the range for a tight end and. Gerald Everett, 44 yards and a touchdown on eight targets last week. Is this just a product of Goff throwing it 63 times, or is Everett someone who you can give a look in a very weak tight end landscape? I think it's just a product of 65 pass attempts. I'm not I'm not really targeting on him. Maybe in a two tight end league, but I'm not actively looking to start him by any means. Yeah, I'm on that boat too. Jason? Yeah, I mean, you don't need both our opinions. It's, it's pretty obvious that last week was a volume <laughs> game. Hey, don't tell me what I need, all right, bud? I, I, need, <laughs> I need you in my life, okay, yeah, Jason? Yeah, pal. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the Seattle. Unless there's anyone else you want to talk about? Tyler Higby? Anyone? Anyone? No. Tyler right. Higby! Uh, let's go over to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's go over to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson, we talked about in the Monday Review episode, continues to be up and down. But with that being said, um, Tyler Lockett out of the slot in this game. He continues to be up and down as well, but you figure that against this front seven, the passing game will be more more than likely involved because this Los Angeles front seven is so dynamic. Um, do you see this game being a game where the Seattle passing options get involved, or do you see this more of a Chris Carson bear it down, run him to the ground kind of game? I think we got a Danger Russ Wilson type of game coming Ooh. here. I have him as a solid QB1 this week. He's my number eight QB. I would not be surprised if he ends higher than that. When we're talking about Russell Wilson on the review episode, we were saying how he's been great in games where they needed to pass and has really struggled in games where they had a lead, like last week against Arizona. Fantasy-wise, of course, not like actual football-wise. But now they're going to face... Uh, excuse me. They're, LA's coming to play in Seattle. This should be a tight game. It's Thursday, so both teams should be not fully prepared for the other team. Russ Wilson is obviously a great quarterback, and I think it's going to be a close game, which means Russell Wilson's going to need to be passing. The only thing is if the Seahawks are able to get their run game going early and often, that might limit his ceiling. But I wouldn't be surprised if L.A. takes a lead and Russell Wilson has to pass to come back. So I think he's a very solid QB1 option this week. See, for me, I... I'm a fan of the opposite. I think it's a Chris Carson bomb show. I think even Rashad Penny, if he plays, has some fantasy value in this game because the Rams have been have given up the eighth most points to fantasy running backs. Chris Carson did not fumble last week. 145 yards on the ground, 22 carries. the The Rams, as of Week 14 last season, has have given up 5.5 yards per scrimmage per touch. That is the third highest in the league. So when you're talking about a Rams team that does get completely gashed on the ground from once once in a while, and you're talking about a Thursday game where you don't have all this time to put in these fancy kind of tricks into the system, I do think that this is going to be a Chris Carson type of game. 
Jason, do you lean more on the running side here, or do you think that the passing side can come through for Seattle? Look, Wade Phillips has stopped trying to defend the run um, since 04. So <laughs> I, I agree that Chris Carson's going to have a good game this week, but I still I don't think that means that the Seahawks pass catchers aren't. Uh, we know that Russell Wilson is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he put up 17 fantasy points on 14 completions in week one. Uh, so I think that DK Metcalf is a decent wide receiver three option. I like really? Lockett as wide receiver one. We know he's going to get work. And then Will Disley is now a tight end one as well. He's All he's done in his career is catch a touchdown basically every time he steps foot on the field. Every everyone... so all... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Keep going. No, I mean, all these guys have a lot of appeal in an offense that it's not going to have the volume, but the efficiency is there to make using them worth it. See, DK Metcalf, I'm not really on board with this week just because we saw Metcalf have a huge role the first three weeks in the season. And then last week, Jason was one of the guys who said, I wonder if the return of uh, David Moore is going to have an impact on Metcalf. Two weeks ago, Metcalf played 85% of the snaps to Moore's 24%. And then last week, Metcalf played 63% of the snaps to Moore's 40%. Again, they had a big lead most of the game against Arizona. So you don't know how much of that is trying to get Moore back into the offense. Or if it was closer, maybe Metcalf would have still been in the game. But you still don't like to see a 22% drop in snap rate on a team in a Brian Schottenheimer offense where it's difficult to maintain productive wide receivers outside of one main guy. With that being said, though, DK Metcalf is one of the most targeted wide receivers in the league in the red zone so far this year, specifically in the end zone. So he, you see him getting one or two red zone targets a game. They just haven't, they haven't really culminated in anything so far this year. Um, for DK Metcalf, only one receiving TD uh, in those shots. So it's it's one of two things. It's either Metcalf kind of sucks right now because he's a rookie, and rookie wide receivers usually take some time to get acclimated, or you look at those opportunities and you say he's about to explode. So it's really how you consider looking at that. Um, and, yeah, and all these fantasy experts I've been I've been hearing, Will Disley, sell him. Sell Will Disley. Sell Where? Who has a tight end – situation where they could sell Will Disley besides honestly like maybe me who has Mark Andrews and Will Disley like who else has that no one else has that I'm com- I'm comfortable starting Will Disley as my tight end one every single week going forward because he is the number one tight end option there and we, we saw this exact role with Jimmy Graham and last week he got 30% of the market share and he's he's averaging 15% of the market share so if he's averaging 15% of the market share, I kind of want that player at tight end. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I can't really argue with that. I mean, if you could trade Will Disley for, like, Mark Andrews, who had back-to-back down I games, mean, then obviously do Well, I mean, that. Andrews caught a touchdown last week. So, yeah, but he wasn't, like, super involved outside of the he was. red zone catch. All right. D- agree to disagree. He, he had 31. What about minutes. Disley for, like, a guy like Matt Breida? With Tevin Coleman coming back, that's... Yeah, but I mean, if you have Mark Andrews, then yeah, I'd probably make that trade. I I might or might not have that trade out with to someone right now. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about with in this game? Nope. I don't believe going, so. Going going Uno, going uh, Dos. Rashad Penny's expected back off the injury report, which could cap Chris Carson's ceiling a little bit, depending on how much work they give Penny. Carson didn't fumble last week, though. Shout out to Chris Carson for finally holding onto a ball for a complete game. So I like his upside this week, but if he loses another fumble with Penny back, 
I could spell doom for Chris Carson. I will tell you this. If you are the owner of a guy like Carryon Johnson, who I wish I was talking about this week because I love him going forward. If you're the owner of like Carryon Johnson, you don't have a backup running back and you need to go to the waiver wires to get a backup running back to play this week, you could do worse than Rashad Penny. I, I think they're going to run the ball like 30 times in this game, maybe more. And I think that it'll it'll be a Chris Carson eat fest and maybe it'll be another it'll be room for another guy to eat. Um uh is that is that it? Is that it? What up? What is it? What up? What is it? All right, let's go on to our next game. It's the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this one taking place in the Meadowlands. Um, guys, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Saquon Barkley, uh, apparently he's the Terminator or Wolverine. He says he wants to play in week six. He's practicing. He's practicing Practice. with a high ankle sprain. Like either this guy is out of his fucking mind or he's ma- he's just made out of a different type of like material than everybody else. Or... Or he's Matt Burita. <laughs> well, Matt Burita never had a high ankle sprain, dude. Like, he never tore a ligament. Like, a, a, an ankle sprain doesn't sound that bad, but it's a torn ligament in your ankle. It's bad. It's real bad. And I, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, let's, anyway, let's talk about the guys who are going to play in this game. Golden Tate makes his return. Um, how do you guys feel about Golden Tate? Is he a guy that if you're in desperate need for wide receiver help, you guys can slot in this week? I guess I, I'm... I guess a Minnesota Vikings defense who has been uh, decent against the against the pass. I'd prefer not to. I'm Michael not just dropped sure his mic. <laughs> Would, Michael, you're supposed to make a point before you drop your mic. Yeah, I don't know what. I'm drunk. <laughs> Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I'd prefer not to trust Golden State, of course. I mean, it's his first game back from a suspension. He's facing the Minnesota Vikings. So please get, get out of here with that shit. Also, I, I'd like to see how it's going to play out between him and Shepard because with the running back we know is going to get work, whether it's Barkley or Goldman. And then we have Evan Ingram who's going to get work. Are these guys just going to cannibalize each other? Because Daniel Jones was good for a quarter in his career, but we don't know if he can maintain multiple pass catchers on the fantasy level. So I think uh, the next few weeks are going to be telling about what's going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if Shepard and Tate both end up on the the flex outside looking in. I'm, I'm higher on Shepard than I am. Tate for really? obvious reasons he's been what do you mean really I think that he's I, been Daniel Jones's favorite target all right but that's Golden, Golden Tate, Tate hasn't played yet all right but Golden Tate has only played practice snaps with Daniel Jones up until this point who knows how much work he got in with Daniel Jones in the preseason if, since he was missing four games I think he's a decent flex option if you really are missing a lot of players but I wouldn't want to trust Golden Tate by any means this week Sterling Shepard though I mean why not put Sterling Shepard right back into your wide receiver three slot and be happy about it. I I don't know. I think that Tate made is made, got a big contract and he got a big contract for a reason. Uh, I see them moving Shepard out of the slot and Tate into the slot. Now, not to say that they both can't play there, but primarily I think that Shepard moves to the outside in his career. Shepard hasn't shown the ability to be an outside receiver. So if Tate does take that slot spot, I think that all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where Tate is the guy to go to. I mean, I'm not starting Tate. Uh, Shepard has 76 yards, seven receptions last week, 107, and a touchdown the week before. He's been Daniel Jones' favorite target against Minnesota. Like I said, like you said earlier, Xavier Rhodes hasn't been the best cornerback this season. He's been a, a little worse than you'd expect. I'm not, and who knows if Xavier Rhodes would even shadow Sterling Shepard coming out of the slot. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super worried about Sterling Shepard here. 
Uh, Wayne Gallman is was limited in practice because of a neck injury, but that's probably just a precautionary thing because he's the only running back on the team. Um, last week, he kind of balled out. 118 yards, two touchdowns, was clearly the go-to back. Best part about this, six for seven targets for 55 yards out of the backfield. Um, the former Clemson Tiger making noise out of the backfield, which is what exactly what you like to see, especially in PPR formats and half PPR formats. Um, obviously a much harder test here against the Minnesota Vikings defense that has been top seven, uh, I'm sorry, bottom seven in allowing points to the quarter. So they've allowed the seventh least <laughs> amount of points to the running back, I, unless that was hard to understand. Um, so obviously not the matchup that you had last week against a Redskins team that looks like they've never played defense before in their lives. So how do you feel if you're a Wayne Gallman owner today? I think it's pretty hilarious what's going on with Wayne Gallman this week after that monster game last week. I don't think I've seen a single fade article or podcast that hasn't mentioned the name Wayne Gallman this week. Look, obviously Minnesota's a difficult matchup. Obviously it's not as good a matchup as it was last week. Nobody was expecting it to be. Even if this was Saquon Barkley, it would be a difficult matchup. Yes, this does not bode well for Wayne Gullman's outlook this season. Obviously, he's playing a difficult team. But he's still going to get at least 20 touches. He's still in the running back to, uh, running back to conversation. I mean, what do you expect? Wayne Gullman has one monster game. You think he's going to be an RB1 every week now? Like, what do you mean fade Wayne Gullman? If you have Wayne Gullman, he's a fine RB2 this week. If he disappoints, it's because he's playing Minnesota and it's a difficult matchup. Like, you have to also, put him on every single fade list out there in the world. It just blew my mind. It's not like Minnesota with the... Dis- Jason, technical difficulties coming at you. <laughs> are you are you back? Am I back? Yeah, you're back. So <laughs> it's, you said it's not like Minnesota, and then you stopped. It's not like Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. It's not like they have a great offense where they're going to be blowing out the Giants by the end of the first quarter. They're trying to run the ball every second, and they'll probably be up 14-zip by the end of the third quarter or some shit like that. Like They're not blowing anyone out of the water with their offense right now. So I think it'll stay a close game even if Minnesota ends up winning by a lot. And Gallman's going to be involved in the offense, even if it's a tough matchup. We just got a question in our patron, Patreon right now, patreon.com slash brotofantasy, um, that popped up on my phone as we we're talking about this, almost almost like clockwork. <laughs> he says Aaron Jones or Wayne Gallman, full point PPR this week. I mean, Aaron Jones. Yes. Aaron Jones is, there's no Jamal Williams. I mean, yeah. he played over 85% of the snaps last week. He's the only He's the only show in town. Yeah. Um, but so is Wayne Gallman. You only show around. Yeah, but Aaron Jones is better. Um, Evan Ingram, I think, is going to eat in this game. He always does. Uh, he's basically the number one target right now. Uh, it, it really depends on whether he breaks a long one. If he breaks a long one, he's going to give you a great game. If he doesn't, then he's going to give you a pretty solid game. Um, but you're comfortable starting Evan Ingram in every situation because the tight end landscape sucks. Yeah, basically uh, start Evan Ingram with... With confidence, as per usual. Not with confidence, with, with confidence. With confidence, with confidence <laughs> as per usual. All right. Um, <laughs> that is what I said. Let's, <laughs> let's go to the uh, Viking side. Uh, man, a rare call out by Adam Thielen, who said they need to throw the ball more um, and they need to complete more passes, basically. And then Kirk Cousins went on the radio and just, just slobbered all over all over his, you know what, 
just Adam Thielen's the best. Adam Thielen. It was it was it was crazy. So the squeaky wheel's probably gonna get the get the, the oil, grease. like we like to say. And right now, PFF has him matched up against DeAndre Baker, who they give a mm. nice thirty grade to this week. We saw Janoris Jenkins kind of come up out of the woodwork and pick off a very inexperienced Dwayne Haskins twice last game. So he's playing with a little confidence. But if this is if this in this matchup, if Thielen and Diggs don't do something, then I would be compl- really, really, really scared. I mean, not for nothing though. I think we have to point the fact out that Stefan Diggs missed missed practice today for personal reasons. So who knows what the fuck's going on with Stefan Diggs right now? Too. He's like, getting traded. Maybe he's getting traded. He he uh, really apparently so. he he was putting up cryptic notes on social media and things of that sort. Can you blame the guy for being frustrated? Can you blame Adam Thielen for shitting on the offense? Look, when you're on a team that's running the ball over half the time and it's effective and you're winning, you kind of deal with it. You're like, all right. But when you're down 14 and you're still running the ball over half the time and Kirk Cousins can't throw farther than 15 yards downfield, I don't know what happened to Kirk Cousins, you're going to get pissed. And this is now going back to last season ever since they fired John Filippo, This has been their offense. And I don't see them making a drastic change. So it's it's tough for both those guys, and I understand why they'd be frustrated. But with that being said, yeah, like you said with Adam Thielen, this is the week. Similar to Joe Mixon last week, like when you're in, I mean, James Conner last week, when you're in a perfect situation, you have to capitalize. That's what it's like for Adam Thielen this week against the Giants. No one on that team could guard him. I think he's a rock-solid wide receiver, too, this week with upside. As long as he gets the targets and as long as he gets the targets, he'll be he'll be very, very solid this week. Yeah, I think Adam Thielen is a low, low-end RB, uh, wide receiver one this week. Jason, how do you feel about uh, the Thielen-Diggs combo? Uh, I mean, we've seen Adam Thielen be productive this entire season sans the last week on limited work. So I think that in a easy matchup, Adam Thielen is safe enough. He'll probably find the end zone. Um, but in a matchup where the Vikings will likely be running a lot, taking the lead, riding Dalvin Cook till he drops. Stefan Diggs is more of a wide receiver three with upside, of course, because of the poor, um, because of the. A poor matchup. He has upside, but I just I'm not trusting him. I'm like, with I'm with Jay on here too. You can't be confident about starting him at the moment. There's a uh, I don't know what the Twitter handle is, but there's a site on uh, I mean a Twitter handle on Twitter about Stefan Diggs. It's like Stefan Diggs number one fan, and you know how they're starting to show these these matchups where they they don't show the players. They're just like little dots, and you see the dots moving around, and yeah, you can follow yeah. them. He goes over. Like a bunch of plays where Stefan Diggs is just completely wide open. He just completely loses the corner, and Kirk Cousins isn't even looking his way. So you gotta be. That's terrible. You gotta understand the frustration. That's just. How do you know that if he's just a dot? That's just terrible. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is easily an RB one this week. Ooh, yeah, right on. Number one overall, <laughs> kid. Number one overall says Jason. I'm I have Dalvin you. Cook two behind Zeke against Green Bay, but Ooh, yo, Zeke right has on. been fucking. Don't get me started on Zeke, bro. There's no way you should start Cook over Zeke this week. Obviously, we're picking at straws here, but Cook is the number one. You mean Zeke over Cook? Yes. I don't know, man. Against Green Bay, Green Bay just got torched on the ground by Jordan Howard. That they did. Um, let's go over to Kyle uh, Rudolph. Any interest in Kyle, Kyle? Rudolph? 
<laughs> He's been terrible. You this can't year. you can't start Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. You can't start the third option for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you can't even let's start the second option until last week either. So yeah. All right, let's go on to the next matchup. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Baltimore Ravens. We, wait, we didn't talk about. I mean, maybe probably because it, it goes without saying, but you you shouldn't start Daniel Jones this week. Wow, he forgot the the rook QB. Yeah, yeah difficult yeah. matchup for the rook. Uh, two QB leagues, fine, but I wouldn't I wouldn't stream him in a in a one QB league either. Yeah, no. Um, Michael, you paid up like seven fab last week in our home league, and then you dropped him this week. Yeah, man, because I wanted him to destroy Washington and then I could flip him and that did not happen. I was <laughs> disappointed. Yeah. He he was he was okay. But yeah. He, he yeah, it was a eh. What are you going to do? Turnovers. Um let's go to the Baltimore Ravens being hosted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big win by the Steelers last week, big loss by the Ravens. And one of the most intriguing things that I'm going to be looking for this week is the backfield for the Steelers cuz James Conner right now is nursing an ankle issue. He left the game uh when the game was in hand, he left the game because of that ankle issue. Now, they had the exact same number of touches, yeah. Jalen Samuel and James Conner. Now, James Conner was on the field way more. Uh, James Conner, 68% of the time on the field. Jalen Samuel's 45% of the time on the field. A lot of the times, if you if you notice that that doesn't add up to 100, it's because a lot of times they were on the field at the same time with Jalen Samuel's running a wildcat. Um, he scored a touchdown out of that wildcat. So... Interesting to note this new offense for the Steelers. I, I'm i going to be interested to see, is this something they stick with? Is this something they go with because of Mason Rudolph and they don't trust him enough? Is this something that was only in play against the Bengals because the Bengals were susceptible to it? Um, are they going to take James Conner out? If James Conner doesn't play, I think Jalen Samuels is an absolute must start. Um, but if he does play, do you can you start Jalen Samuels? How much work does he get? Really, it's really up in the air. And as a James Conner owner on multiple teams, I'm a little nervous. I I I'm not with the consensus out there that's saying sell James Conner. Um, I think that there's a chance that Jalen Samuels was just a flash in the bucket. In that, if you're if you're thinking that Jalen Samuels being a a Wildcat quarterback is going to eat from James Conner, I think that's a mistake. I think that helps James Conner. Um, but if they're going to split carries more, then that's definitely not something I want to see, even though James Conner did get 68% of the snaps, like I mentioned. Um, I mean, what are you guys, what's your guys' takes on this? Jason, let's start with you. Listen, we're going to trust Jalen Samuels after seeing him run the Wildcat a few times. It was cool. It's intriguing. It's now not new. Um, so even if they run it again, it can still be ineffective. And the Baltimore defense, although they got destroyed last week um, by Nick Chubb, which was a surprise, uh, it's not the same defense um, that Pittsburgh was going up against last week in uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, uh, not even close. So I'm giving it a, a week or two. Uh, I'm not rushing to get Jalen Samuels. It's interesting to watch, but that's about it. Yeah, a lot, I hear a lot of guys in the fantasy world right now saying pick up Jalen Samuels, sell on James Conner. Um, I'm just not ready to do that yet. Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. Look, someone asked on Twitter, I said we'll talk about it on the pod, which we currently are. My response was, look, yes, it sucks for Conner that Jalen Samuels had so much work, but if this is going to be the new Steelers offense, then who gives a flying fadoodle? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like if Connor's <laughs> going to get 20 touches and Samuels is going to get 15, 20 touches is still a lot of volume. And he had the eight receptions, 
Samuels also had eight receptions. They both had 10 rushes. Like you said, Connor missed some time at the end of the game, though. But I still think I have James Connor as a high-end RB2 this week. Jalen Samuels, I do think he could be a flex play, man. Because I know Jason said the Wildcat is an effect. It, it, could not, it could be ineffective, possibly. But this guy was on the field. He had 18 touches last week. And when you're the Wildcat quarterback and you're dumping off those, uh, those little shovel passes to James Conner or Juju Smith-Schuster coming across, that's a pass attempt. He had an extra point, one point something. He had 31 passing yards last week. If that goes into the end zone, that's a passing touchdown for Jalen Samuels. So you got to kind of consider that too if he's going to take five to ten snaps a game as a Wildcat QB. Five to ten snaps is a lot of snaps. It's a lot of fucking snaps. Um, what about Juju, man? You worried about Juju? He was asking people what they're doing after the game while the – I don't know if you guys saw that on the check down. Like, he was like, yo, what you doing after the game? Yo, yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to hop on Fortnite. What are you going to do after the game? What are you going to do after the game? Yeah, it's great. They were dominating the Bengals. Why can't he have some yeah, fun? Yeah, obviously a joke. Come on, man. I mean, I'm just saying that Juju's yeah, a leader, bro. Okay. Well, he needs to lead my fantasy team because he ain't doing squat. Um, it was Deontay Johnson again who got the big play. There's two weeks in a row where he got a big play. What do you think about these two guys? Juju Smith-Schuster. How do you see him against uh, Brandon Carr and the... Baltimore Ravens, and then Deontay Johnson. Do you think that he's in for another big one? Look, the fact that Mason Rudolph is throwing past the line of scrimmage two to three times a game is absolutely atrocious for Juju's outlook. It's bad. Like, there's no other I mean, way to put it. But. There's no. You have to imagine that this is a situation where they are guiding Rudolph forward yeah. and that eventually they're going to ask him to take more on. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. And. It's not like they're going to be playing the Bengals every week where they could have a lead and use Connor and Samuels repeatedly. Like, you're going to be playing from behind now and then, especially if Rudolph keeps playing as he is. Uh, he's mistake-prone, which is why they're not throwing it downfield much. But look, Juju is Juju. Uh, last week, three receptions for 15 yards. I'm, I'm not, I highly doubt that's going to be a norm for him. Like, I'm not super, super worried about it. Obviously, I'm worried about it. But I still think he's a a mid tier wide receiver too this week. Like obviously it's not what you drafted, but that's what happens when one of the the best downfield passers in the game gets taken out. If you are expecting Juju Smith Schuster to be the guy you drafted, you are living in the past, sir. Yeah, that's but not, I still, this is not gonna happen. I still think he could be a weekly wide receiver too in that offense. So I I'm putting it. I have him as my wide receiver nineteen this week against Baltimore. And like Jason said, the Baltimore defense got torched last week. They haven't been. They haven't been super impressive this year early on. They so. lost a lot of pieces, and you see, like, a lot of guys are like, oh, yeah, it's just they could they could afford to lose pieces. You see the difference C.J. Mosley made when he was on the field with the Jets. Jets were shutting out the Bills. He left, and then all of a sudden, the Bills went crazy. Yep. Then everyone has been torching the Jets since then. You see the Smith brothers, uh, the Zadarius and um, the other Smith. Preston. And Preston out in Green Bay, and the— Havoc that they're causing. The other day they had five sacks combined. You're talking about a guy. You're talking about guys who are Pro Bowl caliber players even this year, and they lost all of them. And as as much as I like Matthew Judon, there is something to be said about the fact that these guys are gone, and the the Ravens defense is not exactly looking like the defense of the past. Yeah, I have Deontay Johnson as a flex play. Also, Um, you asked about him. If he didn't have the two long touchdowns, he would have put up very bad fantasy games, which is why you have to be cautious with him. He, If you did start him back-to-back weeks, 
we said to Adam when he was free a few weeks ago, it's it's been great so far if you did that. But there's a big boom-bust potential with Deontay Johnson. Jason, how are you feeling about this? the pass catchers? Uh, I agree. I have Deontay Johnson at 36. I think that um, interesting. pretty high. He's a, I, he's a target of Rudolph. And I have to tell you guys, ranking the wide receivers this week, I want to throw up. Dude, it's, Honestly. it's weird. Like, after the first 10, I was like, well, I could just throw anyone at 11. Uh, <laughs> the wide receiver landscape is not looking great right now. So I think Deontay Johnson has some appeal. I hope T.Y. plays. I think T.Y. is going to have a big game if he plays. Um, T.Y.? Hilton. Yeah, why are you bringing up T.Y. Hilton out of nowhere? Because you just, just said the overall wide receivers. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, a little odd. <laughs> Nick Vanette. Tim probably has T.Y. and De- Deontay Johnson. He He's just thinking about his own team right now while I'm mean, recording. If T.Y. doesn't play, I'm going to have to start Deontay Johnson. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> because you. I dropped Jason <laughs> with the context clues. That's why he's a, becoming a lawyer, folks. <laughs> I dropped Devin Smith this week because that guy's a bum. And uh, yeah, I remember when Timmy started uh, Devin Smith over yeah. Marvin Jones and lost. Yo, that was my worst <laughs> week of the year. <laughs> Fuck it, if Marvin Jones would have played, I would have won two more matchups, and it would have been my one of my best weeks of the year. Fucking fuck. Um, Nick Vanette and James Washington. Um, you're not starting. Passing on both. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, good to see Nick Vanette though. If you in a two QB league, I mean, excuse me, two tight end starting league, which not many people are, but yeah, who's worth a look because he did play over seventy percent of the snaps. If you're in a two tight end league, get out. Um, let's, get her. Let's go over to the other side. Lamar Jackson at this point, he had a pretty bad game last week. And he still put up 23 uh, points. I, I think I remember 23 points seen from him. That's a fucking fire game. Um, I 26. Think Lam- 26. I think Lamar Jackson is one of the safer plays that you got at quarterback. And he's in every week in and out. Just put him in there. No matter yeah. what. Put him in North. He had the worst game, his worst game of the season. And he was number two QB last week. Pretty yeah. nuts. I mean, if you don't start, I don't know what you're doing if you're not starting Lamar Jackson. Yep. Uh, so let's go over to the offense, the pass catchers then, um, the guy who he throws it to. Mark Andrews missed a giant bomb by a couple inches that ended up getting picked off. Um, that would have made his day incredible, but he continues to be the number one target for Lamar Jackson in the red zone. If you watch Lamar Jackson in the red zone, he's targeting Andrews like once every two throws in the red zone. It's amazing. Um not a huge game for Hollywood Brown, who a, a lot of us, including myself, thought that Hollywood Brown was in for a big game last week in against a team that was susceptible to the big pass with um, with Denzel Ward out. But, man, Steve Wilkes' defense. Shout out to Steve Wilkes and the Browns' defense for putting it together with both their starting cornerbacks out. Um, so how do you feel about these pass catchers for the Ravens after I've just uh, talked about them? I'm, I'm still on Team Hollywood, man. Right now, I said last week to buy him. Right now, I'd buy him even more. So he's top three in the league in air yards. He's getting the downfield passes. He just hasn't been connecting with Lamar Jackson. He's getting the targets. He had seven more targets last week against Cleveland. Yes, it's two straight very bad games in a row fantasy-wise, 5.9 and 4.2 in half PPR. But this dude has at least seven targets in every game except the first one. And the first one, he went at 147 and two touchdowns. And so, Pit- I mean, Pittsburgh has been susceptible to the wide receiver this yeah. year. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Also, the Pittsburgh defense, I've, I haven't seen a flip like this. I don't know what's going on. The first two weeks, they're the worst defense in the league. The last two weeks, they're the best defense in the league. So, you don't know what type of Steelers defense you're getting this weekend. At home, 
probably going to be a bit of a tough matchup I mean, for the Ravens. But adding Micah Fitzpatrick helps. Yeah, that it does. But, I mean, look, I'm still confidently putting Marquise Brown out there as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three preferably, but I wouldn't hate you if you put him in your wide receiver two. I have him as a wide receiver 22 this week, saying all these twos, and I have him at 22. Michael, don't hate me. Um, what do you think about Mark Andrews, Jay? Uh, I think that he has seen at least seven targets in every game. Um, just as Michael just said about Marquise Brown, basically the same thing, uh, discounting week one. And Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball around 30 times a game. So half of those are going to Brown and Andrews. I'm interested. Uh, those, are two guys, those are two guys you can trust. Uh, what, you're, what are you interested in? Now I'm interested to, see, to hear what you're interested in. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing if the Pittsburgh Steelers – uh, like hone in on Mark Andrews to try to negate his effectiveness this week because Mark Andrews is, you probably wouldn't guess this, but he's playing less than half the snaps right. weekly. Uh, Nick Boyle is actually the tight end leader in snaps there because he's a better run blocker. They're running. They're still. They're still running the ball more than they're passing it. One of two teams in the league that run the ball even run the ball more than they're passing it even when they're in positive game scripts. Yeah. So I mean, if they. I'm interested in seeing if the Steelers try to lock down Mark Andrews of all options. I still think you're definitely starting him if you have him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has a he doesn't have one of his best games of the season this week. Um. Okay. How about Mark Ingram in and a Pittsburgh defense that is beatable on the ground? They're giving up the seventh most points of fantasy running backs this year. Uh, Mark Ingram. If you follow the trend, um, in week one. 23 points, and then 8. In week 3, 34 and a half points, and then 7. I mean, if you're following the trend, he's due for a big one here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Fire it, it up. It's the <laughs> other week. That's that's the, the most scientific analysis you're going to get. 100%. Bar none. Great work, Tim. Let's, uh, let's just call it a night. <laughs> Pittsburgh's given up over 150 yards uh, from scrimmage to running backs this season. So, The least amount of touches Mark Ingram has seen in a game this year is 13. Uh, and, is, and the most he's seen is 20. So that 13 to 20 number seems like the sweet spot. So you're probably not going to get an insane game from him. Uh, unless he gets into the end zone. And if he doesn't, such as week two, where he ends with nine points and half PPR, that, that's good enough. He'll still, he's not going to kill you that week. You're just going to be upset that he didn't score more. Uh, so he's, he's, he has a nice safe floor with upside. That you had, so you got to throw them out there confidently. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, anyone else on this team you want to talk about? Miles Boykin, who caught a touchdown. Miles Schmoykin. Willie Sneed is my preferred second option if you have to look Sneed. at other receivers. His snap has went up uh, to seventy-five percent last week. So, the more the merrier for Sneed. He's a dart throw. Sneed. Um, he is for, a dart throw. For those of you who know what we're talking about, when we go Sneed. Congratulations, you're a Brodo OG. Shout out to y'all. Those 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 episodes aren't even available anymore, right, Jason? We got rid of those. <laughs> yeah, I got rid of some shit. Fuck yeah. that. We're like, all right, that's we can't let people hear these. These are we were amateurs. Now we're so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Michael and Jason's official voice when they're trying to just make a voice of anybody. What are you talking about, Tim? Uh, let's start. Let's go now that's our to mom and dad. <laughs> Buffalo at Tennessee. This Tennessee defense, man. And this Buffalo defense. Both of these defenses have been impressive at times this week. The Buffalo defense really impressed me against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Did not let him breathe at all last week. Uh, six, six points 
fan in fantasy. We told you to fade Tom Brady. We told you not to play him. And if you didn't, congratulations. That was a good idea. Um, so look, let's start on the Buffalo side because what we're looking at is a situation where Josh Allen, who's still in concussion protocol, is probably not going to play. And it makes sense because they have a bye week after this. So giving him those two weeks of rest in the long term could be better for the team. And you know how quarterbacks do after buys. And I think the same thing's going to happen to Mitch Trubisky. I think they're gonna, but they're going to both <laughs> shut your face. I think they're both going to come back a little better uh, after the bye because they have those two weeks to, to, to really like digest. You're cute, Tim. You're cute. Right? Um, now, Josh Allen is, has a lot of Mitch Trubisky in him. Um, we saw three <laughs> interceptions, but even with three interceptions, has had 11, <laughs> had 11 fantasy points on the way to a pretty good fantasy game again. Um, but Mac Barkley does not have any of that Trubisky-ish turn over the ball all the time and run all the time kind of situation in him. What he has is dump-offs. So if you think about that, John Brown probably is not playable this week. Um, you weren't maybe Cole Beasley takes a step up, maybe Dawson Knox takes a step up and you can give them a shot. Jason, how are you feeling about the pass catching options in Buffalo? I am at the moment assuming Josh Allen plays. You can't uh, concussion. I'm telling you, if if I had to bet on it, I'll tell you he's not playing. Well, the reason I'm assuming he's playing is because I think that John Brown is a wide receiver three start. I mean, other than that, if you look across that offense, with Matt Barkley in you should not have a Bills player on your roster. I think that Dawson Knox... Not even in your starting lineup. I don't know. I think Dawson not. I think you said that backwards, Jason. You said you should not have him on your roster. Not even on your starting lineup. No, I'm saying you shouldn't even have a Bill on your roster. Yeah. That, like, that... you should hold on to John Brown. But, like, who I, else do you need? I think Dawson Knox... Look, All right, this Dawson is a Knox, bad point I'm trying to make. Dawson Knox... It, and and Michael Beasley, I think Michael Beasley, and and the Beasles, um, I think that they have some potential here because when you have a quarterback as a backup quarterback that likes to dump the ball down, that's where the tight end and the slot receiver get some work. I don't know, man. This is a good defense. I'm not gonna trust a bad quarterback against a good defense to hit Cole Beasley with a few dump-offs to start him as my wide receiver three. I'm you're, just you're saying, stretching. if you're desperate, Cole Beasley, you could do worse than Cole Beasley. And if you, you're you definitely des- desperate at tight end, you could do worse than Dawson Knox. But besides that, let's go to the running backs. Devin Singletary looks like he might be on tr- track to play. Practice today in a limited, limited space. Um, Frank Gore has been decent in his stead. What, how do you in feel about... Steed. What? Steed or it's, said? It's Stead, bro. How, <laughs> like Michael Slinger, trusty, trusty Steed. Steed. Like, like, don't like, think about Shrek. Like instead? That'll do, Donkey. It's the core word, core word of instead. Oh, I'm two. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I'm, I'm a social teacher. I'm going to teach you words. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm just guessing. That that I that could be completely wrong. No, like it's 100% wrong. Yeah, you, just, you suck. Nah, I think it's <laughs> in his stead. I think that's the way to do it, though. I think that's what it is. Instead, um, let's talk about football. <laughs> um. Where Dead. was I? Devin Singletary. The place you... or role that that someone or something should have or fill. Bam. So you told you. Wait, click Stead. the pr- click the voice thing. Go Stead. This oh, can thing. you guys not hear it? No, we no. didn't. Hear it. <laughs> oh, it only went to my headphones. Everyone just listened to silence. Did it say Stead? I'll do it my best. Ready? Stead. Stead. <laughs> told you. <laughs> All right. Now that we wasted a minute and a half of people's lives, um, <laughs> Devin Singletary, bro. Talk to me. With all that being said, Jason already went over the wide receivers, the running backs. Tennessee Titans defense has been 
very solid this season. If Josh Allen is out, you don't want to start anyone. Even if Josh Allen plays, I wouldn't want to start any Bills this week. Is that that good that you're not going to start any Bills? I mean, the Bills players aren't a great uh, options to begin with. I mean, Frank Gore has a low ceiling. Like, he's more of a flex, low-end RB2. John Brown has disappointed in recent weeks. Cole Beasley has been consistent, getting you 9 to 11 points a week. But it's a tough matchup, and do you really want to put Cole Beasley in your lineup? Like, with with that low of a ceiling? Like, it's it's a good defense, and it's just not a great situation for Buffalo this week. So I'd, I'd rather not use Buffalo players if, if I could. Taylor Lewan returns on this on the Titans side, which is a big, big upgrade at left tackle. One of the better left tackles in the league. Um, Marcus Mariota ha- coming off a huge game. Um, Corey Davis had a pretty good game. AJ Brown, uh, AJ Brown with two more touchdowns. Um, Delaney Walker didn't do much. Uh, Adam Humphreys didn't do much. How do you feel about these pass catching options against the Buffalo defense that's been super stingy against the pass? If you if the goat. Can't do well against the Bills. The anti-goat will not do well against the Bills. <laughs> Yo, stop hating on my boy Marcus Mariota. He got the clutch gene, bro. Shut the fuck up. That's with Timmy's your clutch favorite gene. fucking the same thing, shit you right? say about Trubisky. Trubisky's clutch. I wanted my quarterback in the fourth quarter. I love Mitch Trubisky. Blah blah blah. I I, I still think that that's the case. Hey, you're an idiot. That's Suck why. my balls. You're wrong, but <laughs> that's besides the point. Don't start Corey Davis against Tre'Davious White. Are you kidding me? Did people forget that Corey Davis was a piece of trash the first three weeks? He has one decent game, and now people want to start him again? No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I have him as a wide receiver 55 this week. If Tredavious White's going to shut down Josh Gordon and the other receivers, Robbie Anderson, and he's been a shut-down corner for like a year and a half now. So, I mean, do you like the running option then? Do Do you like the possibility of Derrick Henry possibly having a big game here? Yeah, I like Derrick Henry. Okay. It's it's a game against Buffalo that I don't think is going to be out of hand at all. If Even if Buffalo takes a lead, I don't expect them to take a big lead. I think it'll be close or Tennessee will have a lead at some point. I think it's a perfect Derrick Henry game. Taylor Luan is returning, like you said, which obviously helps. He's one of the best left tackles in the game. So, I mean, Derrick Henry is in line for another Derrick Henry game and has a good shot of finding the end zone per use. Jason? Yeah, uh, Derrick Henry is a... Every week, RB1 at this point. Um, nobody else can replace his stead. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I like. I also like Derrick Henry in this one. But the way you guys are talking about this game, you expect it to, to be the under. What is it's going gonna, gonna to be a disgusting I, yeah. game. I Jason, think both what's, defenses are great plays. Do you have the Vegas lines open? Uh, no. All right, so... You look for the Vegas line on this one because I wonder. Yeah, I'll what take the care over. of it. I, I wouldn't. That's be, been my job this year. I'm fucking up, man. I wouldn't be shocked if this has the lowest total of any game this week. I mean, two very solid defenses with a backup quarterback on one side and an inconsistent offense on the other side. You could see that that's the case. Um, any love for Delaney Walker? Delaney Walker is. I mean, he's Delaney Walker at this point. He's a low end tight end one that you could use every week uh, in your tight end slot. He doesn't. He hasn't shown to really have that ceiling where you could expect a big game out of him. But, I mean, he's been in between um, 20 and 10, excuse me, 20 and 10 fantasy points and then 6 and 1 the other weeks. So, like, he's been very, very topsy-turvy fantasy-wise. It's a decent matchup here against Buffalo. It's not great, obviously. 
But if you have him, you're likely starting him. I mean, we're talking about a tight end landscape that's atrocious. So at this point, I'm starting Delaney Walker if I own him, unless I have someone like the only guys I have in front of him, you're not going to find on the waiver wire. Like Will Disley, Greg Olson, Austin Hooper, Darren Waller, those those guys. All right. So the, the Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites. And um, what's I, over? I do not have the total yet. All right. Well, we don't care about who's the favorite, my yeah, guy. Yeah, what, what are you doing over here? Listen, I'm trying to buy get, time. Get your shit together, Jason. I'm I'm on I'm on. It's a thirty-eight. Guys it's right a now, thir- my Wi-Fi. It's a thirty-eight and a half. Low. It's a thirty-eight and a half over under. Thirty-eight and a half is ridiculous. With fifty-one percent of the best coming in on the under. That's is that the lowest of the week? Could you see that? It? That has to be thirty-eight and thirty-eight and a half is thirty-eight and a half is ridiculously low. Low, low, low. The next low. lowest is Jacksonville and Carolina with forty-one. Yeah. See, I'm not surprised at all, and I think Chicago, Oakland, rightfully so. No, Chicago. Ugly games this week. Chicago, Chicago's defense will score more than the than some of these offenses are going to score. Quite possibly. Um. So yeah, we've spent way too much time on this game. Then let's go on to the next one. Uh, let's go over to the Bucks at the Saints. The Saints, man, they keep Teddy Bridgewater bridgewatering that gap all the way over Stop to it. when to when Drew Brees. Shut up. No, that's that's what he's doing. He's I mean, he deserves no credit for anything. Yeah, man, twelve ten victory, bleh. I mean, they won though. What was it? Was that yeah, a 12- on the back of their defense? Oh, oh, oh was that a twelve 12- four field goal? Oh, Shout out to oh, Will Lutz. Oh, was that a twelve ten loss? Oh no, 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 no! I don't think it was. See, this is why he likes Mitch Trubisky. No, you hear I'm just bullshit? telling you he's bridging a gap. I'm not they saying they on the back. I'm not of their saying defense. he's been a Pro Bowl. I'm just saying he's bridging a fucking gap. You goddamn he's basically mother- been Mitch Trubisky. Fucking guy. No, he's not Mitch Trubisky. That's an insult to Mitch Trubisky. Anyway, um. Teddy Bridgewater bridging the gap until Drew Brees comes back. He's made Michael Thomas fantasy viable, but literally no one else on this entire team besides Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are worth a play. So we won't talk about anyone else, but we will talk about Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Where do you guys see these guys this week? I mean, like you said, if you're starting anyone else, just leave the room. Right. You're not going to you're not going to be able to because yeah. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't throw the ball over 10 yards. You can't look at us right now, but I even pointed at the door when I said it. I have Alvin Kamara as my running back four against Tampa Bay just because of the pass-catching potential here. If the Tampa Bay offense is as real as it has been the last two weeks or even close to that this week, then New Orleans is going to have to pass the ball a bit. And Alvin Kamara, yes, he's going to get some rushing work, but his bread and butter is pass-catching out of the backfield. And Bridgewater showed that he was willing to throw to him early and often a couple weeks ago after before his down game last week. So... I like Kamara and Michael Thomas I have as my wide receiver for this week as well. I like them both a lot against Tampa Bay in what should be a a, a more high-scoring affair than we saw last week when it was 12-10. I, think, I expect both teams to find the end zone at least a few times. I have Michael Thomas at 10. Uh, he has 14 half PPR points in the two games with Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's what you can expect. He, he doesn't have a ceiling with Bridgewater. He has a safe floor just because he's that good. Well... Um, I don't know if he finds the end zone. He like he went nine for ninety five last week. If you throw a touchdown in there, then that's a great game. Yeah, yeah but I don't. He doesn't have the blow up potential that he had with Drew Brees. Definitely. Uh, no. So I don't think that top five finishes are in his immediate future. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's fair to say. Um, what about Alvin Kamara? I mean, like I, I mean, said, Ka- Jason, go ahead. Kamara. Yeah, Kamara's going to do well. Tampa Bay isn't a daunting defense. Uh, if anything, Todd Bowles has been blitzing a little bit more, which is going to 
entice Teddy Bridgewater to drop it off to Alvin Kamara a little quicker and to get him more involved. So I'm not worried about Kamara. I think he's going to have a great matchup. I know that we don't usually talk defensive players, but Shaq Barrett has been absolutely remarkable and fantastic. Yeah, he's been one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore came to life last game. And, it's a lie. And really shut down Amari Cooper. We saw a great game plan against Amari Cooper. Uh, you wonder, it's going to be a melding of the minds here. It's going to be a great offensive mind and a great mind in general. Uh, it, Bruce Arians versus Sean Payton. Who will shut down the other? We saw Mike Evans go crazy, and then we saw Mike Evans have a really good game. We saw Chris Godwin be all right, and then we saw Chris Godwin go absolutely apeshit. So how do you guys see the two-headed monster in Tampa Bay playing out this week? So Marshawn Lattimore, yes, he played much better last week, but he was also awful the first three weeks. I mean, he has a— He has so inconsistent. He has a history of Mike Evans, too. He does, and Mike Evans absolutely torched him week one of last season. He did. 150 yards and two touchdowns. And they got into a fight. Yeah, because that's what happens when uh, you get destroyed. I hate those type of people. <laughs> when they're getting beat and they start crying about well, it. Well, Marshawn Lattimore was basically Darrell Reeves like, in his rookie year. Take like a champ. He was basically Darrell Reeves in his rookie year, and then all of a sudden Mike Evans came out and just lit him on fire week one, so yeah. you understand the frustration. I mean, I have Evans and Godwin both as wide receiver ones this week. At this wow. point, I don't see how you can't have that. What do you mean? Both guys have been... Killing it the last two weeks. Godwin yeah, I don't know why I surprised him. I mean, yeah. that takes balls to rank them both in the top 12. They're yeah. on the same team. I expect this to, to a lot of points to be put up in this game, man. Uh, Jason, how do you feel about it? Uh, I have Mike Evans at six and Chris Godwin at two. Two? <laughs> I, you look at me. Who's like? Who's more likely today to score more fantasy points this week? Chris Godwin or Michael Thomas? Chris Godwin. The answer is Chris Godwin. He has 13, eh. 22, 6, and 35. And that 6 is just an anomaly. I don't know why that game happened. Why can't the 35 be an anomaly? Because the if you look at his numbers from the season, they look more like that. He has two games with eight or more catches, 120 yards twice. He's seeing, oh, this is going to be a very good game for Chris Godwin. New Orleans defense has been bad besides last week. And Chris Godwin is the number one uh, rated receiver on... Or, excuse me, number two rated receiver on PFF right now as well. Uh, so, with that being said, if these two guys are both going to be wide receiver ones, that means you envision another big game by Jameis Winston. How do you feel about him this week, Michael? I have him as in, uh, in QB1 territory against New Orleans, so I'm happy rolling him out there once again. So, I mean, let's say let's say you have a, a Dak Prescott or a... I have Dak and Jameis back-to-back. Okay. I'd start Jameis over Dak. I wouldn't hate starting Jameis. Just da- Dak has the rushing potential, too, which helps his ceiling. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what about, like, if you have – I mean, obviously, if you have Josh Allen and he's not playing, go ahead and start your Jameis Winston up. Um, yeah, I think that Josh, that Jameis is going to be a QB1 this week, too. I can't disagree with you guys. Like, I, I'm trying to play contrarian here and disagree <laughs> with you guys because I like it when you guys get fired up, but I can't. Uh, I think Evans and Godwin like have big games. I think Winston does, too. Um, does that leave any room for O.J. Howard? O.J. what now? The yeah, OJ I mean, Howard. he's... This O.J. Howard uh, experiment. O.J. who what? Whatever you want to call it. It's pissing me off, man. But I have him outside my top 12 for the first time. I have him at tight end 13. I have Jimmy Graham and Tyler Eifert hopping him because of their matchups and the fact that Devontae Adams might miss time uh, for Jimmy Graham. At this point, you can't really expect much from O.J. Howard. Yeah, O.J. Howard is only a jabroni. He's one of the biggest busts. <laughs> one of the biggest busts of the 
of the short of the early season so far. Tampa we Bay. Just start that. Tampa Bay. OJ stands for. Sorry, OJ stands for only jabroni. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay with a <laughs> it's a pretty a line that's plus three only on the road, and you give three points for a road team anyway. They're basically even money according to Vegas. So Vegas a lot higher on Tampa Bay than you might have expected coming into the season. Another guy that I'm higher on than I expected coming into the season. Ronald Jones looks like he's looks like he's ready to take the reins of this backfield. Out uh, touched Peyton Barber last week, nineteen to nine. Did great things with that. Got a touchdown, seventy plus yards with the nineteen carries. I think Ronald Jones had a bunch of nice carries. I think he looked really good in this offense. When you talk about a Bruce Arians offense, a lot of people associate Bruce offense with uh, Bruce Arians with passing. That's not the case. Bruce Arians is a run-first type guy, but he likes to pass down the field, and he likes to set up those passes down the field by establishing the run. I think that Ronald Jones is getting into that territory of a flex start, weekly flex start area. It's I think it's upcoming. I think by week six we're going to see a Ronald Jones revolution. If I told you there was another position player on the Buccaneers who led the league in PFF, You'd probably guess only Jabroni Howard, but it's not. It's Ronald Jones. He's the number one rated running back right now on PFF. Wow. And, yeah, like I I spoke about this on the waiver pod yesterday, so it's free information. Go become a patron if you want to get it the day before. You could (laughs) have added him on the waiver wire. But, look, I mean, at this point, he played 49 snaps, uh, 49% of the snaps last week. High by far this year. Peyton Barber fell down to 26%. PFF, sometimes their grades are a little strange. I mean, Chase Daniel was the second-graded QB last week. I mean, come on. If you watch that game, he was very safe and conservative. The number two overall-rated QB is a little strange. So I'm not putting, like, all my stock into the fact that Ronald Jones is number one-rated running back there, so there far. Is, obviously, we're not taking it at its value. It's not gospel, but, I but, mean, but it's something to be said. It is something to be said. And the fact that he had two huge runs called back because of penalty last week on top of those uh, 18 rushes, I believe, for 90 or so yards, and he looked great last week. He did. I, watching him play, I was like, this guy actually looks like he's a football player, and you know I'm the the uh, the Ronald Jones hater in this world, but you got to be able to adjust on a dime when it comes to fantasy football if you want to be successful. There's some, I'm willing to adjust here. There's some things that are just obvious, and I think that even starting the season – by week six, Ronald Jones being the starter in this offense was obvious, um, and it's coming to fruition. So if you have Ronald Jones, hold him. And if you have Peyton Barber, I'm sorry, you picked the wrong Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back, and I think that's pretty clear right now. Um, I like him in this matchup. Jason, how do you like him in this matchup? I have him as a running back three flex. Yeah, um, I think that I think that that's where he's going to be for the rest of the year, and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy starting him in your flex. Uh, I mean, if you look at it a little closer. Three games this season, he's had at least 13 rushes. And three games this season, he's had at least 10 fantasy points. Um, He's not... This isn't a great situation. I mean, it's a decent situation, but we haven't seen the efficiency, right? 19 rushes for 70 yards. This hasn't been a very good rushing attack. Uh, Then 14 rushes for 80 yards another time. I'm not buying this best running back PPR bullshit. I mean, PFF. But there's obviously upside here. And... uh, I, but this week against New Orleans, they just stymied Ezekiel Elliott. They, they're they allowing the third-least points to running backs. 
Maybe give it another week. Buy low on Rojo then if you want. Um, Let's go over to the next game unless there's someone else you guys want to talk about in this game. I think we, we got them all. the Chicago Bears in the black hole playing the Oakland Raiders. The Bears. Khalil Max first. And the Raiders. Man, sometimes when you <laughs> when you cut me off for dumb stuff, like I I really I really want to throw you out the window. The Bro, it's the Bears and the Raiders. Oh my God. If you, you want if you don't want me to cut you off, say it right. Say it when I'm not talking. Say it right. Hi, yeah, yeah. Shut your face while I introduce this game. Jason agrees with me. I'm gonna kill you. Just like Khalil Mack might kill David Carr in his first Derek. game back in the black hole. Cut you off to Shit. fix your damn Shit, I almost <laughs> did words, too. Yeah, you're right. That one you should have cut me off on. But seriously, <laughs> Khalil Mack might make a death happen in this game. And I really hope not. That would be devastating. Look, Terrell Williams not practicing today, so keep an eye on him. Terrell the Gazelle. Besides Darren Waller. I don't want to start anyone on this team. I guess I guess I gotta start got Josh Jacobs because of just his volume. But there's no one on the Raiders that I want to take it against the Chicago defense that was missing two starters, two of their best starters last year, last week, Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks, and still dominated. Their backups combined for like 18 tackles. This defense is out of its fucking mind. And I'm serious when I say that Khalil Mack may murder someone in this game. Because he's coming back to the back hole. He wants to let them know, you should have paid me, and now I'm in Chicago, and I'm causing havoc. I I think the Chicago Bears defense is the number one defense in the week, and I think they outscore the Oakland Raiders offense. Tim, you're going hard right now, bro. I I, I could not. Three sacks for Khalil Mack. Three sacks. I, I say seven. <laughs> Imagine seven sacks. That would be one heck of a game. Three sacks and like ten tackles. But, this guy's uh, going to be all over the field. Regarding the position players, um, I agree. None of them are great plays this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Tyrell the Gazelle are the only ones that you should consider. I have Josh Jacobs as my RB24, so more of a high-end flex play this week. Just He scored double digits in three or four weeks, so he does, he, is, he does seem to be setting a solid floor for himself. Oh, excuse me. I forgot about Darren Waller. Obviously, you're starting Darren Waller if you have him. That dude... That dude's just getting a ridiculous amount of snaps and targets every single game. He's gonna glorious. he's gonna continue getting them. Yeah. He's gonna and have he's a line gonna, like ten targets for I mean ten catches on thirteen targets for seventy four yards. And he's gonna have to find the damn end zone at some point if he's catching this not many this passes. game. And, the Raiders are gonna put up zero. Tyrell the Gazelle. I mean, all four games in half PPR, he has double digit points this week. So I think he's a solid week. Uh, Wide receiver three option if you need to. I don't. I don't think it's terrible play here. It's not like Chicago has been shut down against the pass all season. They've they've been giving up some uh, some players to. Can you guys some solid name the games. only the only wide receivers with four touchdowns or with a touchdown every week this season? Yeah, Terrell the Gazelle is one of them. Terrell the Gazelle. Yeah, Cooper Cup. One. Oh, no, it's the only one. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Trick question. Deception. Sabotage. What? <laughs> this is what he learns in class. Are you guys ready to go to the Deception, Sabotage. Sabotage, actually, Tim, is from a Nickelodeon show. Of course it is. All right, let's go over to the Chicago side. Um, we're It's way too early for us to be getting into the delirious area, and I feel like that's where we're going. Because um, I said Sabotage? Yes. Uh, you're Sabotage your opponents to win in fantasy football. Oh, my God. Are you guys done being stupid asses? Move on, guys. Um, 
Chase Daniel came in for Mitch Trubisky and was played it very safe. He was the opposite of Trubisky. Um, his ding, his dinks Wait, and dunks. Trubisky dinks doesn't dunks. play it safe. He definitely does not. Um, Are you so, kidding? Haha. So Chase Daniel, I'm not joking. I'm so confused right now. No, he does not play it safe ever. What? Are you, Michael? Mitch Trubisky never plays it safe. Do you watch the same games that I do? No, Mitch Trubisky. Jay, whose side are you on here? Is Mitch Trubisky this, like, non-safe guy at QB? I don't understand what's happening right now. I would not label him a gunslinger. I wouldn't label him safe. I'd label him more safe than gunslinger. If you th- You're saying that he plays the same way Chase Daniel does. I mean, no. they, they played similarly. You're bugging, bro. For real. Anyway, let's go to the next. Let's All right, move on. Level, please. Um, Chase from da- Chase Daniel to... Uh, Kyler Murray. This. Uh, anyway, the safe play, Daniel makes Allen Robinson even less attractive than he already is. We've we've mentioned that Allen Robinson sucks. Hasn't scored over <laughs> fifteen fantasy points per game. And you know, I listen to all these experts, and they're like, "Buy Allen Robinson. He's getting twenty percent of the target share." Blah 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 blah. Well, he sucks regardless. Okay, so don't <laughs> buy Allen Robinson. Oh, no, he doesn't suck. He's just not as great no, as people he decide I'm, to. I'm I'm dropping names is. right now because fuck this guy because he's an asshole now and he blocked us and then unblocked us. Evan Silva's a sucks. Aaron Allen Robinson's dick uh, along with other people in the fantasy Yo, industry. Yo, fuck Evan Silva, bro. And how long are you gonna slobber for before you realize that this guy's passed 15 half PPR fantasy points one time in his career as a Chicago Bear. Yeah, do people not... Please, Do please. people not check previous scoring? Like, I don't get it. All these people just nonstop saying to go acquire Allen Robinson. Like, he hasn't passed 15 half PPR fantasy points one time in, like, 20 games as a Bear. It blows my mind. His ceiling is so low. I'd I- rather him be on waivers than in my lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far. Like he's he's a nice <laughs> he's a nice wide receiver forward to have. You know what's gonna happen now, right? Allen Robinson's going off this week. That's probably <laughs> gonna happen. Well, he this is the defense to do it against. This defense has allowed a bunch of points to wide receivers. Uh, you have Wims on the other side. You have Anthony Miller in the slot. Who Anthony Miller hasn't done shit. He's one of the biggest disappointments of the year. He's so droppable far. at this point. Yeah, definitely. I I dropped him and I was his biggest. I was his number one fan. Fucking ridiculous. Um, show. So, are you confident about any of these guys in the backfield? Or Chase Daniel, although he did play it safe last week, has shown the propensity to throw interceptions in the, in the past. I mean, we don't have to equate playing it safe with not throwing interceptions. You can be bad and throw interceptions. And Chase Daniel, just he's not that good. He doesn't take um, shots downfield, ever. And he throws yeah, interceptions but- within 15 yards. So, Chase Daniel, obviously, you're not starting him. And he also makes the rest of the guys... Uh, in that backfield, not to, not to, I don't know. Uh, I think attractive. you could make the argument for Montgomery because it's a team against Oakland uh, that's going to be bad. Uh, it would be wise if Chicago runs the ball a lot, keeps the ball out of Daniel's hands, plays good defense, kills the clock, and wins the game that way. So I do think Montgomery is attractive against Oakland this week. I agree. Montgomery is the most attractive option of the bunch, in my opinion. So yeah, we didn't get to the running backs yet, but as I, as I was gonna say, I even think that Tyree Cohen can can surprise people and have a little bit of a, himself a game in this one. He did a, catch a touchdown last week. It yeah. looked like they once with Chase Daniel, they were trying to 
trying to get uh, Cohen a little bit more involved to try to get some big plays happening. So I think that the running backs are the best plays here. I think you could play Allen Robinson. I mean, we're talking about him sucking, but I think you could play him as a wide receiver three and be okay with it. Um, I I wouldn't expect him to. He's a buy candidate on so many of these guys' lists. Like I wouldn't make him a buy candidate. What about Trey Burton? Who, um, you know, he's been on and off. He can't really start Trey Burton at this point either. Can't do it. He, wait, wait till he actually comes back. Yeah, his entire Bears offense has been a big disappointment so far. Let, let's see if they can turn it around with a new quarterback um, against a pretty bad defense. No one on this team on PFF is ranked over a 63. So um, 63 is their, 64 is their highest grade. That's so rough. they have not played well. And Vontez Burfecht, who is basically the quarterback of that defense, he's appealing a suspension, so may still play in this game, but facing a whole year ban. Um, let's cut it off here. In episode two, we'll talk about the second half of this stuff. Um, Michael, where can they find you? Mike on this corporate trap. Jason, where can they find you? Jason Patrop. At Tim Patrop for me on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. At Brodo Fantasy for all things Brodo. Brodo Brodo.com for everything, including videos, uh, rankings, waivers, uh, the Patreon page, the wrap-up, all the good stuff. You can find that on Brodo.com. Uh, and don't forget to visit our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy Pro- promo code BROTO, and get $10 free with your first deposit of $10 or more. We'll see you in the second episode. Later. Later.